Hello everyone, I'm Jamie Bricker and welcome to Matters of Principle. This twice monthly series is designed for school principals to help support them in this very exciting and yet let's face it, very challenging role. Now I'm a retired school principal, as is my co-host Jack Barkley. Welcome Jack and I'm really looking forward to today's discussion about some other key issues for school administrators. Well, thanks, Jamie. Uh, you know, our first podcast focused on new principals transitioning smoothly into their new role, and, and that's so important. But I think one of the things we wouldn't you agree is it's so easy to get consumed by that whole process of promotion, the interview process, and then suddenly you're a principal thrust into the role. Oh, bang! You're, you're as you say, you're immediately all of a sudden you're at the starting line. And, and you're right, it's, a, it's really, it's a big adjustment and it's a very sudden adjustment. And I think it's important to stress, Jack, that as we mentioned last podcast, that there are clearly three categories of principals. There are the brand new, starting their career literally this month. There are experienced principals who are beginning at a new school right now. And of course, there are veteran principals who are returning uh, to a school for which they've already uh, provided leadership for the past couple of years or more. But I think you'd agree that in all cases, the issues we're going to discuss in this podcast series are highly relevant, and I think they will certainly resonate more so with different principals at different stages of their career. Right, Jamie. And for, for all of these school leaders in those three categories that, that you described there, I think the key is always establishing and nurturing relationships with all of the stakeholders, staff, students parents, and, and your various community partners? Well, there's no question, Jack, as you well know, throughout our podcast series this entire school year, if there's going to be one word that's a key takeaway, it's going to be relationships. And before a principal can really begin developing these relationships, I think as much as they want to kind of dive in the deep end, I think they got to spend a little time in the proverbial waiting pool and just kind of getting a real lay of the land. And Jack, I think the first really kind of step in that regard, getting your kind of toes wet, but it's so important, is to be truly visible and approachable. And I know we are both big proponents of the, of the notion that most of the principal's paperwork, and we totally get it, you can kind of get, you know, a pile of emails a mile high very, very quickly, but most paperwork can and frankly should be done uh, before and after school. When the kids are in the building, the principal's not, quote, in the office with the door closed. I think that's really important. And that visibility piece, obviously, the most visible areas are in the hallways, routinely in, in and out of classrooms, and then, of course, recess and lunch hour outside on yard duty. Well, Jimmy, I, I remember those times uh, vividly. I, I couldn't agree more. I think you, principals uh, can fall into that trap of being as you say, consumed by emails, uh, consumed by paperwork, and and their intention might be, uh, you know, I've got to get this done, you know. So you're you're working from a point of diligence and being conscientious. But I think as you become experienced, you can say I can use this time or that time. And as you say, in order to interact with people and see things, you've got to be out of your office. There's just there's just no two ways about that. And you know, we talk about an aim of interacting with our staff member every day, 
uh, or at least once or once or twice during the week. And no question. With the size of staffs, obviously, we recognize that every day is not realistic. We, we get that. That's our goal. That's our goal. But if you've got 50 staff members, that'd be a challenge. Right. And, I, and I, I've often uh, joked with you in my mind, I had a, a mental staff list. And I, I would say, did I did I talk or interact with this person? And it doesn't always have to be about school stuff. It can be about the game last night. It can be on an interest of theirs as you're getting to know them on their level. But I think that connection is so, so important. Right? And, and, and another piece around that interaction with staff, it's so important that it's not uh, flippant, passing to, you know, we have so much time in a day, but you want to focus in the moment and, and uh, your staff members and your stakeholders will be very in tune picking up whether you're in that moment or not. Now, we also, Jamie, talk about spontaneous uh, brief interactions versus a planned meeting. And these are both ways that you can get to know your team, be approachable with them, and be open to them. So, again, keeping in mind that how do I focus? How do I actively listen to them? Well, I know, Jack, too, you and I have talked many times about the fact that people uh, will routinely kind of see us in the hallway and kind of the catchphrase is always, uh, Jack, you got a minute? And you may well be on your way to address something that, you know, is really important that needs addressing right now. But then uh, kind of that balancing of, as you just said, we don't want people to think we're being flippant or not focusing on them, but we can't do justice to them right at that moment. So what was your best strategy in those situations? Well, that's a great example because I, I would remember that. I often joked about, have you got a minute? Have you got a minute? And there's only so many minutes in a day. But I think with something like that, you listen uh, for as long as uh, you know you can in that situation, and you say you set up a, a timely um, opportunity. And I'm not saying a formal meeting, but could we talk, you know, at, at lunch or at the end of the day, or uh, we'll make a point of connecting about this because I can see that it's important to you. And then another word it just brings into my mind about meetings when we, whether it is a formal meeting or a that time like that if you set that up with somebody you want to make sure that you're going to honor that time uh, because that will build the trust in the relationship it's it's you know people will go back and talk to each other about jack or jamie set this time but then they canceled or they weren't there or they left or they forgot so you're really really and things come up but you really want to be able to make sure that you adhere to that time oh so true and the last thing you want is to have the staff room scuttlebutt discuss kind of the quote perceived pecking order that oh so certain staff members have never had a meeting kind of postponed or canceled and yet right. staff members x y and z routinely are kind of cast aside in that regard right so you're so right on that and i think another big issue when you talk about trust jack i i immediately think of the whole confidentiality piece and certainly as a school leader it's very very important that obviously uh, I think over time, as staff get to know you, they they will get into more kind of personal matters and family matters and might ask your advice on this and that. But I think it's really important that you truly are confident, confidential. And if you if you can't be, like I think back when I was principal, there were times when I would say to the staff member, just to let you know on this matter, I very much need to discuss it with our vice principal so-and-so. You know, and then if they bring up some other matter, depending on the issue, say, well, I'm just to let you know, I do need to contact 
police or whatever the case may be, whatever kind of uh, support people I, I do need to contact versus the vast majority of cases, I will just let things sit with me with the understanding, however, that that won't necessarily be reciprocated. And, you know, as we say in our role, you have to realize that what you say as the principal, as the leader of the school, it may or may not stay with that staff member and it may trickle down through the staff room very quickly. Right, right, Jamie. Great point. And I think as as we've been kind of mentioning, uh, to really get that genuine lay of the land, you simply have to be in regular circulation around your building, inside and outside, and you can't simply kind of uh, set up your tent in the office, so to speak. Well, and and staff and and, uh, students will certainly get to know uh, whether you're out there, shall we speak, and 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 uh, being approachable, being visible, and let's let's face it, let's think of the times in the school day where you can you can make that work to your advantage. Whether you're out in the yard to see things, whether you're in the hallway or you're on bus duty at the end of the day, uh, of course there's assemblies. There's a there's a numerous amount of, of situations when you can be out and about, and that leads us to lots of looking and listening. And this is how. We continue to, uh, you know, build uh, and understand our school and understand everybody is by by being out there and taking all of that in. Let's be honest. Very few decisions that you make in a day are urgent ones. There are some that are, and and knowing which ones are urgent as opposed to important or can wait are, are it's a it's a real skill to pick up. I would say safety is one certainly if somebody's life is in danger. Top of the list, no question. Top of the list. But but there's other ones where you can buy time, shall we say, and and uh, determine, gather more information to make that decision. So going back to that phrase, lay of the land, uh, another piece, and it does take time and it takes patience in this, is gathering that feedback, not just from your staff, but from the parent community or from students themselves, because people, their voice is they're going to know that it's valued or not uh, if you if you look and solicit that feedback from them. And uh, and then what you do with that feedback is room for another discussion. But gathering that is so important to seeking that understanding. And I could agree, too, that in terms of getting that feedback, it's so important to really recognize who your key people are. And, you know, Jack, as we're, as we're talking, I was thinking to me that kind of tightrope of Treating everyone equally, which, of course, as you mentioned, is very important, but by the same token, recognizing the reality that different people are going to have a uh, a bigger or greater impact potentially, uh, say, in the staff room, or this certainly continues out into the parent community. Who are going to be the key players on your community council? Things like that. So absolutely... We treat everyone equally with the understanding that they're not all going to have equal input in the near and, and distant future. And we have to kind of always keep that in play and really in mind. And uh, and just to kind of reiterate a couple of points you mentioned earlier, because they're so important, is when we're taking this information in, we're, we're active listeners and we we really are genuine. It's, it's, not a, it's not a token exercise. And that's how we gradually get more and more kind of uh, embedded in the school culture to really get a, a feel for things. And, you know, Jamie, when I'm, when I'm hearing you speak about this, 
you know, I think one of the situations or one of the one of the challenges I, sh I should put it is that that I ran into when I was worried about being understood myself as opposed to understanding, as we say, the stakeholders. And let's face it, we there are days when you need to have people understand what you're about and understand a message, but by and large, you you need to show that you're gathering information and, and getting, as we say, those people and students and and uh, others in your school. So that that power of observation and gaining an overall sense of the staff, students, and environment, it really starts a school leader on that path to greater understanding, and it's so vital to being successful. No question, and it's so easy to fall into that kind of. Uh, quote-unquote leadership model of, as you say, standing on the proverbial pedestal and sharing your views on education and on the school specifically, et cetera, and desperately trying to be understood as quickly as possible by, you know, by as many people as possible. And yet, as you say, that, that approach is actually very counterproductive and a quick way to turn people off. Uh, you know, you're seen as kind of the know-it-all and, and that just does not build any kind of really sustainable relationship of a positive nature. So once again, it's all about being understood. And I think we talked about meetings, but what we with staff, but I don't think we've really talked about beginning of the school year, certainly in September, that is the time to set up, you know, private conversations. Uh, I, I used to find about 20, 30 minutes was, was good. And just offering them, them to people before or after school or, obviously on a prep if, if they so desired, but of course they are under no obligation to, to come during the prep. And I just had the same kind of four or five kind of standard questions for everyone. And they really had very little to do with school just to get to know people. And then over time, you get to know what your kind of commonalities are. You know, who's the sports fan and who's the traveler and who's the gardener and, and, and also like who has kids about the same age as your kids and yada, yada, yada. But boy, that was in time incredibly well spent to really get to understand people. Yeah, Jamie, that, the way you describe that, that's like an investment in, in my mind uh, early on with your staff because that will pay dividends for you down the road, just in knowledge of how they view the school, but getting to know them. And as we say, going back to this, seeking understanding with them. I think I think those kinds of conversations, and I, I honestly, I have to say, I believe it was you that mentioned it to me when I started to, to make sure you give the time to do that and that offer. It, it got, it allowed me to get feedback and uh, more of a historical context of the school because unless you're opening that brand new building, there is a his history, there is a context of, of what was before you and you really need to understand that piece as, as best you can. And no question. And uh, the reality, Jack, is that Virtually, unless, as you say, unless the school is brand new, at many, many schools, there's staff members who have been there for 10, 15, 20 years. And if you don't reach out to better understand them, then they could very easily fall into the default of basically tuning you out, waiting you out. You'll be there three or four years and then gone and they'll carry on. And Jamie, when we think of these discussions that school leaders have with their staff, one-on-one -on -one discussions after that we've talked about. You know, I can't help but think that this helps me as a school leader get a better feel for their their own agenda. This is not to be negative or cynical because people's agendas can be 
very revealing. They can share information about the school uh, in a context for you. It, 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 it tells you what they're about. And many from this, many great ideas might come. Now, it's just good to be aware of that and to, to, to uh, have your antenna up for that as well. Now, I'm going to switch this a little bit to say that these kind of conversations also help to personalize you as the leader. Because in these exchanges, you might be talking about, you know, hobbies or pastimes or favorite things. But it, it, it gives that sharing and it starts to build that relationship and that trust. But it makes you more uh, of a human person to them instead of just some leader in the, in the building. Well, that's an excellent point. So in addition to getting a, a much better um, understanding of all the adults in your building and, um, frankly, broader school community over time. You've also raised a really good point, Jack, when it comes to kind of the, the notion of being understood uh, as the principal. It's not a question of ramming down your kind of professional beliefs right off the get-go, but rather focusing on people understanding you, as you say, as a person. Absolutely, Jamie. Yeah, it is. And I, and That's a really good point. People see that. People get a real feel for that, and you can be at a disadvantage and tuned out. I think, as you said earlier, if if they're seeing that that you're just wanting to be the one who is understood. No, we're very, very true. And I think, ultimately, of course, all of this coming together helps really create a culture of what I would call inclusivity. And I, and I think that's uh, where you start to really kind of set that idea we love to throw around like the, the school teams and, and the, you know, the, and the staff teams and the, and so on and so forth. But this is where that kind of culture is all really kind of uh, set. And I mean, the bottom line is one of the most important things a school leader can do, particularly, particularly early in the year. Uh, frankly, the school is really going to be struggling if the leader's doing this in April. It's important to do it now to really get a sense of what makes people tick. And as you say, kind of like their their agendas, a bit of their kind of history, personally, professionally, whatever they're kind of willing to share, but to get a sense of what makes people who they are, and ultimately how can they all fit together in the optimal way to help make the school and the staff that much better moving forward. I think that's really what we're trying to do at this time of year. Yeah, I, I agree, Jimmy, for sure with that. Now, I'm looking as a... As we continue on with this, I, I think it's really important when you're hearing all this information that you as the leader respect the past and focus on the future. Because before you came, you know, as much as you're gathering information, there were good things that happened at that school before you were there. And and you have to remember, somebody held that position before you um, We've talked about teachers wanting to come to school every day, wanting to do their best. Well, principals did as well. So they, there, there are a lot of, I'm sure, good things that have been done in places before you got there, and, and you want to uh, support those as best you can. And you, along those lines, you never want to speak poorly about that person that you've replaced. Uh, again, you know, you're going to learn a lot about them. You're going to hear a lot about them. Uh, but you, you just don't want to, you know, speak poorly about them. It, uh, speaking poorly of someone else, let's face it, in general, the life, frankly, reflects very badly on you. And it also, to me, Jack, we've talked in our earlier podcast about the need for quiet confidence. Well, speaking poorly of my predecessor, 
uh, conveys zero quiet confidence on my behalf. In fact, it makes me look very insecure. Right. As if someone's kind of looking over my shoulder. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think from a practical point of view, as an incoming principal, like you have absolutely, absolutely no idea how each of your staff members really felt about your predecessor. No. You have no idea. Like you have no yeah, idea. Agreed. Agreed. Vast majority of folks are not going to share that with you immediately. And, you know, for all you know, they lived on the same court and they've been best buddies for a decade. For all you know, they, you know, really had major negative interactions. I, I have no idea. And, you know, those types of things, of course, they will come out over time. And you'll get a much clearer picture uh, over time. But the bottom line to me was always distressing to everyone that this is a, as much as you say, absolutely correctly, we got to honor the past. We're not, you know, kind of ignoring things or speaking poorly of it. But ultimately, this is a fresh start for everyone. And as a new principle in particular, I think it's so important we go in with an open mind. We don't just go in with kind of an adrenaline rush and enthusiasm, which, of course, are great. And they're, they're, that, that's natural. But you honestly go in with an open mind. Right. And, Jamie, what I'm hearing, you know, fresh start, open mind, you know, you're bringing your own ideas, not your, not your anecdotes or comparisons, but as that school leader, new into the role, clean slate, you're bringing ideas forward. Uh, as I said, as we've said, sorry, respecting the past but focusing on the future. Well, as you say, Jack, nobody wants to hear your quote-unquote war stories or your big accomplishments at previous schools. No. no. I, like, just nobody I, wants to hear that. And, and, Jamie, along those lines, that, that mark that you have made or that you will make at the new school you're at, it'll evolve over time. And, and as a result of those positive interactions with all of the stakeholders uh, at your school, and, and I think the experienced and the the quiet, confident leader, as, as we've alluded to, is patient in this process or in this regard. Remember to honor the good work that's been done before you arrived and look to focus on the future. Well, as we've mentioned, in terms of patience, really sustainable school leadership truly is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And a reminder that if you have any questions or comments, please email us at affective, that's affective with an A, affectiveleadership at gmail.com. And we encourage all our listeners to share our podcast with other school leaders and a reminder to follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And we look forward to connecting with you again in two weeks on Matters of Principle.